persons you're listening to, no names, all game. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of No Names All Game. Today is August 25th. As we record this, that means there is exactly one week until Penn State football. My name is Chris Hankin, joined as always by my co-host, Pat Calicchio. If you are listening to this on Friday, you probably just listened to our offensive preview. We had some technical difficulties getting it out, uh, but we're hoping this one's much smoother. We are here to cover the defense, the defense that was very good last year, a defense that looks to replace a ton of key pieces, a new defensive coordinator, a lot to talk about. Pat, how are you feeling about the Nittany Lions defense heading into 2022? Overall, I think you got to feel positively about it. Um, I Do I think this defense is going to be as good as it was last season? No, I, I don't think you lose a, a Jaquan Brisker and an Arnold Ebiketti and an Ellis Brooks, Brandon Smith, and then come back stronger. But I don't think this defense needs to be better than it was last year. I think it would be roughly as good, uh, probably not quite as dynamic. You know, there's definitely going to be less experience on that team. You can't replace experience. Uh, especially when that experience is also packaged with great athletes. But I think this could be easily, it should be one of the best defenses in the Big Ten. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair to say. So uh, like we mentioned, a couple of new things this year. Um, First time in the James Franklin era without Brent Pry on the defensive staff. Uh, Mm -hmm. Came along with James Franklin from Vanderbilt as the linebackers coach. Uh, very quickly took over as defensive coordinator after Bob Shoup left uh, and held that position down for, for many years. Um, ran a very tough style defense, uh, a bend don't break style defense, but uh, put up the numbers when it counted. Um, he was very, very good for us as much as we complained at times, as much as we had things to say. Uh, he was a great defensive coordinator during his tenure here. We wish him best of luck as the head coach at Virginia Tech. Um, but it's the Manny Diaz show now. Uh, Manny Diaz comes in with a ton of experience, most recently a head coach at Miami, um, really made his career as a defensive coordinator. So um, that's something that I think we have to be excited about. It would be interesting to see what type of defense he rolls out there, uh, what identity uh, we really get with him. Um, but I think this is something that you have to be excited about. Uh, the losses, you mentioned a couple already, Abba Katie, Brisker, uh, Brandon Smith, Ellis Brooks. You lose Tariq Castro-Field, who was a staple in the secondary for years, it felt like. Uh, you lose Jesse Lucada, who really came on towards the end of his career, um, was a leader on that defense. Um, those are a lot of names to to replace. Uh, and, and I don't know if you can replace all of them uh, in one single year. So you look at last year, Uh, The team was sixth in the country in scoring defense, letting up only 17 points per game, 17.3. That's pretty damn good. Um, We talked about last episode, the offense, what they need to do to take the next steps, what they need to do to put us in positions to win games. Uh, This defense, I I think it's not so much how do they get better or how do they take the next steps, but it's how do we maintain some of that that we had last year and how do we fill some of those gaps? So um, we'll go position by position here, kind of talking through who we think, uh, what guys are going to be impact guys, what guys maybe will step up that we haven't heard too much about. Um, But let's start up front. Let's start with the front seven um, and really the front four. Uh, Let's start with the D end. Uh, Who are you looking forward to? Uh, The end has been a position of power for us for years. Um, We've had a lot of guys getting drafted, a lot of guys making waves in the NFL. Uh, Who are you excited to see rushing off the end this year? Um, You know, this is a a big question mark for this roster, defensive end. You lose Arnold Epichetti, you lose Jesse Lucchetta, but 
honestly, this has also been a position that's been a question mark. I feel like every season for about five years is we lose some huge producer and then you bring in a guy who you go, well, he's got the talent. We've seen some things, but we're not sure. And they always seem to produce. So I, I don't see why this should be really any different. Um, I, I think this is going to be kind of a similar uh, you know, blend as last year where you're going to have one guy on one side who is more of a run stopper in, you know, uh, you get, I think Nick Tarburton, uh, maybe even, do we have Jordan Vanderberg on the defensive line as well. Be kind of like your, your run stopping guys. And then you're going to be, you're going to have some pass rush specialists, whether, you know, true freshman denied it a Sutton transfer chop Robinson um, is it, is Adisa Isaac finally going to be healthy it's a, it's a lot, a lot of things are up in the air, but I, I think, I think there's enough talent on this, you know, defensive line roster that something good's going to happen. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. You, you know, you kind of say we have had those question marks and it's always, always seemed to show up. You look back and the production's been there, you know, Eva Katie comes as a transfer one year transfer and lights things up. Um, you know, you had guys like Shaka Tony who finally put it together towards the end of his year. You had Jason Owe who put it together, even though he didn't have the production dominating. So it always seems like, even though the question marks have been there, there's been somebody. Um, and I think that's going to be a Isaac this year. I think losing him last year uh, was a huge blow. He had a ton of hype going into even last year um, as a promising guy. And I think this is his season to take over as the featured defensive end. Um, I think he's going to be a force to be reckoned with. I think he's been itching to get out there and show what he can do. Uh, and I think we're going to see that production. I think the big question then becomes who starts opposite of him. Um, Tar Burton seems to be the guy um, just based off of experience. But, you know, he's, he's played a lot of ball for us. He's been really good for us, but he's not the most disruptive. Um, I think you look at uh, a guy like Chop Robinson, the transfer, uh, can he come in and, and have even a glimmer of the success that Ebicady had as a transfer? Um, you know, there's a lot of hype around him. He was a top 100 recruit once upon a time, uh, comes from, you know, a bit of a smaller level program, similar to what Ebicady did. Can he come in and be that guy? Um, I think the one thing that kind of sucks uh, this year is uh, Zariah Fisher out for the year. He was another one who uh, had a lot of hope, had a lot of promise, uh, but we won't have him this year. So I think for me, it's Adisa Isaac on one side. And then, you know, a question around, is it Tarburton, is it Robinson, or does, you know, deny Dennis Sutton come in and, and show us that five-star potential right away? Yeah. Um, so uh, Chop Robinson, obviously, by the way, great shade thrown at Maryland right there. That was good, right? <laughs> a, low, a lower level program. Did, did love that. Um, he's a guy who I, I, I expect big things from in the future, but the words I'm, word I'm hearing coming out of campus maybe probably not ready week one to be that, you know, heavy contributor. I think Adisa Isaac is going to be your main defensive end pass rushing specialist. Uh, I think Deny Dennis Sutton's going to contribute, man. And defensive end is the type of position that physically ready freshmen can come in and play a little easier than most. Uh, and I mean, he's, he's got everything. He's got the tools. He's got the physicality. He's got the build. I, I would not be surprised if you see denied as Sutton making some noise. Uh, and then you're going to have like, you know, Smith Vilbert and Amin Vanover, I think are going to be your two other, probably your two other big guys getting most of the reps at that position. 
yeah, Smith Bilbert got his chance in the bowl game and, and looked pretty damn good. Um, so he's, he's one that uh, I think maybe you don't hear as much about, but can be a really nice rotational player um, that we'll need to rely on. You know, this is, this is a, this is a defensive line that uh, in the James Franklin era has, has relied on rotation. You know, there's always been three or four guys in there, especially coming off the edge that, that you need some of that freshness to keep guys going to keep that energy up. So um yeah, I would love to see Smith Filbert have a have a real real uh, participation in this group and and not be just the well he might be there or he might get to it. So yeah, I think that's a great point. Uh, let's move on to the D tackles interior. Um, obviously, the big big news is we get PJ Mustafer back um, after injury last year. Him returning um, for going the NFL for a year is is huge. And uh, I'm sure he's ready to go. What else are you looking at uh, on the interior here at our D tackles? Yeah. I mean, PJ Muster is the big name that he was just such a force to be reckoned with when he was healthy last season. And the, the only question with him is what PJ Muster are we getting back? Heard, you know, about as good things as you can hope for from a, an ACL injury midway through the season to where he is right now. Uh, I don't think you're going to be able to, expect quite the dominance level that we had last season because he, you know, he hasn't been working out for a year. He hasn't been getting football reps for a year. If he comes back and is 80% of the player he was last year, that's a huge boon to Penn state's defense. You have to be happy with that. And you hope that, you know, roughly halfway through the season, he gets back into that season form he had last year. Uh, the other name, you know, Zane Durant, everyone's been talking about for, it seems like almost a year now he's, the coaches love him. Uh, he's came in just kind of guns blazing was the name on everyone's lips in, in the spring. I, I think he's going to get some reps, but I don't think you're going to see him as your starting defensive tackle opposite uh, PJ Musfer. I think that's likely either going to be Hakeem Beeman, Devon Ellis, uh, even Jordan Vanderberg, you know, either guys with a little more experience or I, I Jordan Vanderberg just has kind of the, look how big he is he's like 290 you know he's he's a beast uh so you you you're looking forward to guys like this i think yeah i think i think pj coming back is is huge just because one his physical presence we know what he can do on the field um but he's such a leader too and, and having a veteran on that d line where there is a lot of question marks right like nick tarburton yeah he's a veteran he, he can be a leader too but pj in the middle um being kind of a stalwart of that defense i think is going to be so important um and i think beeman's beeman's going to be that other guy um you know we yeah. we had we heard so much about him last year uh or coming into last year rather uh you know, there were times where he was an edge rusher. There was talks that he was moving inside. We weren't quite sure, but everyone just talked about how athletic he was and how dominant he could be. And then he was just like unavailable for, for pretty much the whole season. And they didn't talk about why. Um, I don't know if it was injuries. I don't know if it was disciplinary. I don't know what happened last year, but we just did not see him. Um, and that was a question mark. That was like had people scratching their heads like what? what's the deal with this guy? Is he going to be on the team going forward? Um, and then you hear some really good things about him this, this summer and this, this fall camp. Um, you see some of these pictures from camp, the dude looks just huge. Um, so I think, I think a combination of him and PJ in the middle uh, can, can do wonders for, for the guys on the outside as well. Um, I agree. Zane Durant as the freshman is getting a ton of love. Um, and like, this isn't the deepest, like, 
group that we have. So I think there's a very good chance that he gets a good amount of playing time. Um, you mentioned uh, Ellie's Vanderberg. There's a couple other guys, but like, it wouldn't shock me to see Zane Durant become a regular rotational player by, you know, mid season. Yeah. Um, again, you know, I don't think you see James Franklin give freshmen that kind of buzz unless he really believes in what they can do. Uh, Hakeem Beeman, I, I think he's actually, you know, he, he, he looks huge because he's so big, like he's so ripped, but I think mm-hmm. he's the smallest guy in that room. I want to say, um, okay, let me, let me see if I can maybe pick pictures are deceiving me or, or something. Um, yeah. And it's, it's, I mean, this is a theme. Yeah, he's, I think he's only two sixty. Wow. Interesting. Well, I guess that's probably why, you know, he started, he started as an edge rusher. He's, but he's like ripped, you know, he, he doesn't look like a D tackle. Yeah. He looks like a defensive end. Right. Um, but I, I think, you know, that kind of athleticism inside with a big dude like PJ Mustafer, that could be interesting. Uh, especially Manny Diaz's defense is they like getting to the passer. That is his thing. And having fast, athletic, strong guys, those guys get to the quarterback. Absolutely. So don't yeah. be surprised if you see a lot of Hakeem Beeman on that line. You know, I don't think he's – obviously, it's Big Ten football. It's college football. You have to play the run. And I'm not even saying Hakeem Beeman can't do that. But I don't think Manny Diaz is looking for a guy to just be in the middle stopping the run. I think he wants pressure from the inside. He wants pressure from everywhere. So yeah. – be ready for Hakeem Beam and get some serious reps, especially on obvious passing situations. Yeah, yeah, I, I completely agree with that. Um, let's move to the next level, to the middle level here, the linebackers, which I will say is probably the group I am most worried about just because of inexperience, just because of lack of depth. Um, there's not a ton to get super, super excited about in the linebacking core. Uh, again, after we've had some, some studs over the last handful of years. Um, what are you looking at in this linebacking group? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I talked about the D-line being a bit of a question mark. This is the biggest question mark on the defense. You lose Brandon Smith. You lose Keaton Ellis. Um, Ellis Brooks. Ellis, yeah, sorry, Ellis Brooks. Um, <laughs> I, wrong Ellis. Um, I think the only starter from last year we're bringing back is Curtis Jacobs, right? Correct. Curtis Jacobs, once upon a time, five-star uh, recruit, has shown flashes over time, had a, had a pretty good last season, and, and comes in as the leader this year. Yeah, and when uh, and, you know, unless you count Jonathan Sutherland, you're not bringing back a whole lot of guys with linebacker experience, and I don't know if you can count Jonathan Sutherland as linebacker experience. So no, the, the guy's been <laughs> a safety his whole career. He's, he's now expected to be our Sam linebacker. Yeah, I mean, so from what I know about Manny Diaz's defense and, like, what the plan for Jonathan Sutherland is, he's not really your typical Sam linebacker. He's what they call, like, a star or a striker, uh, where they basically you, you convert a big safety into a linebacker. Uh, and I think, I'm pretty sure Curtis Jacobs is going to be on your weak side. And then the, the big question is, who, who's our Mike linebacker? Uh, I think it's likely going to be Tyler Elsden, I want to say, is the favorite. But, man, Abdul Carter is getting some, uh, some serious heat right now. He is a physical specimen, dude. 
guy's a freshman and he's six, three, almost two forty. Uh, he's got all, he's got the physical tools to be like a really special player, I think. So I wouldn't be surprised. I don't think he'll be starting game one by any means. Uh, but I would not be surprised if he gets some serious run at that position. Yeah. Yeah. You've heard a lot about him in camp. Uh, the, the middle linebacker um, will be either Tyler Elton or Kobe King. Uh, that's been the battle back and forth, apparently between the two of them. Um, Sutherland is just intriguing just because I, I just don't know what to make of it. Um, he's been a good player for us, plays with all of his heart and soul, you know, team captain uh, for however many years. Like I love the guy. It just scares me when like, you know, you have like a smaller safety who who is now expected to play a linebacker position. And I get the, what you're saying, the way that they're going to use him, you know, it reminds me of, a you know, an old school Marcus Allen type of strong safety who just plays safety in the box and is essentially another linebacker. Um, but he actually is a linebacker at this point. So um, that's really interesting to me. Uh, middle linebackers is is so so concerning to me just because neither of these guys have any experience. Um, last year, we didn't know what to make of Ellis Brooks and he came in and gave us a phenomenal season. Um, yes. Really, really took control of that position uh, and dominated. Um, and that's going to be really hard to replace. I yeah, think he, you're going to need Mr. Consistency in that defense. Yes. Yes. Anytime, anytime we needed to stop, he was there. Uh, he had a nose for the ball. He was constantly making tackles like, you know, to put a guy in there who's never started is a little concerning. So I think, yes, Abu Carter is super exciting. Would love to see him out there. Uh, Jamari Budden has, has been talked about. Um, you know, he was a guy that that showed some promise last year. Um, I think this this group is really going to rely on Curtis Jacobs um, to be that leader and to, to kind of direct traffic a little bit, which I know is the job of the mic and, you know, to, to run the defense. But I think the experience – uh, the physicality, the level of play that he can bring. Um, I think Curtis Jacobs is going to need to be sort of the guy that the linebacking court can go to when they, you know, when they need some help. Yeah. I think there's definitely going to be some, you know, bumps and bruises along the way with this linebacking core. The guy with the most experience at playing college linebacker is Curtis Jacobs. Who's a sophomore. Uh, <laughs> everyone else. You've got is he a sophomore? I thought he's a junior. Is he? I thought this was year three for him. I could be wrong. He might be a redshirt sophomore. Yeah, that might be. Let's see. Yeah, I've got sophomore. Interesting. Really? Yeah. I, I believe you. I just, I could have sworn this is year three for him. All right. I mean, we're, this is bad maybe, podcasting. Maybe he Sorry. had the, uh, a couple of games, then got a red shirt. I don't know. Maybe. When they instituted the four game um, rule, I'm not sure, but true. either way, here nor there, here nor there. <laughs> way, you know, other than that, you've got Tyler Elsden, also a sophomore, not a starter last season. You know, Kobe King, freshman, redshirt freshman, right? Yep, second year for him. Yeah, Kobe King, redshirt freshman. Uh, Jamari Budden, redshirt freshman. Abdul Carter, true freshman, right? Yep, yep. So it's you know it's gonna be. And this is a, a more aggressive style of play, I think, most likely from Manny Diaz than we're used to from Brent Pry. It's not going to be a totally different defense. I think it's going to run with the same system. But I think there's probably going to be a couple more instances where, you know, there's a, a big play that gets made because 
where, you know, you got guys being aggressive, trying to get in the backfield, get to the pass rusher, and you've got some inexperience in the middle of the field there that maybe makes a mental mistake. But I do think that there's enough talent here that this is not going to be a, a, any, any kind of serious liability. I, I don't think it's going to be the strength of this defense, but I, I certainly don't think you're going to be hearing like, wow, Penn State's defense could really be good if it wasn't for these linebackers. I think you got guys who are, who are going to make plays who could yeah. be very special in the future and who are going to be solid, good linebackers this season. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not like, I don't think it's a liability. Like you said, it's just, it is a concern and it's, it's, it's one thing that we're going to keep an eye on early on. Right. It's, it's sure. you know, we yeah, talked early is when it's going to be toughest probably. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, we, we talked all about the, the Brent price staple of Ben don't break, Ben don't break. Like, are our linebackers going to be good enough not to break, right? Are we going to get down into that red zone or they're going to be able to lock down for us? So um, it, it'll be interesting to watch. I have, like I said, I have nothing but faith in Curtis Jacobs. I think he's, he's a stud. Um, and it's just a, a matter of time to figure out, you know, how the rest of these pieces fall into place. That being said, let's move into the secondary, um, which conversely to the linebackers, I think is probably the strongest group in this defense. Uh, a lot of talent returning, um, a lot of young, young, impressive talent that can slip in pretty right away. Uh, let's start on the edges. Cornerbacks, what do you got for our corners? Yeah, I mean, I don't just think the defensive backs are the strength of this defense. I think they're the best group on this team. And I, I think it's by quite a wide margin. It's where you're bringing back the most proven talent. You've got Joey Porter Jr. who's got round one buzz, who until he got, I think, a little unfairly targeted for some passes or interferences late in the season, was making some major noise and I think might have had an opportunity to go to the draft if that hadn't happened late in this season. Uh, I think he's going to be a stud this year. I'm expecting him to back up that first round hype. Uh Daquan Hardy is a guy who's going to get some run at quarterback. Um, Marquise Wilson is going to get some opportunities at quarterback. I think this is a, a deep room. I think you've got three guys. And Kalen King is, is the, other, the other guy who. I was going to say, don't forget about our yeah. probable other starter here across yes. Joey Porter. Oh, I, 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 and I, I think maybe Penn State fans didn't get to see the best of him last season because his most visible play was one that didn't go great at Michigan. But that was a true freshman right there. Yep. In a late game mistake, I think he, he's a guy who I expect to be an NFL player. I expect him to be in All-American discussions later in his career, you know? The, I think even – it was Terry Smith who said he's got three guys on, in, in this room right now who he expects to be in the NFL. That's what you want to hear. You, you want to have a room like this. In, with yeah. your cornerbacks, this, this, this is going to be, these guys are going to be shutting people down and they're going to be getting after the ball. Yeah. And I think those three are your three presumed starters, Joey Porter Jr. on one side, Kalen King on the other, Daquan Hardy in the slot. I think all three are tremendously talented. Joey Porter Jr. with that round one buzz, you said, I think Kalen King is arguably the best talent uh, in the group. Uh, what he showed as a true freshman, the kid has just a knack for the ball. Um, you add in some, some fundamentals, some growing pains of learning the college system, learning how to be a college athlete. I think he is going to be an absolute stud this year. I think he's going to be a lockdown corner. Um, I think you're going to see so much more maturity out of him in year two. I think 
that tandem of, of Joey Porter on one side and Kalen King on the other is, you know, a quarterback's worst nightmare. Um, and then Daquan Hardy, he's a guy I love that is getting some shine. Uh, it was probably, I don't know if it was last year or even the year before where I was like, ah, this guy, he doesn't, he doesn't play all that often, but it feel like every time he's there, he's making a play. Uh, and then last year he was just same thing, kind of just showing up and making plays. Um, I don't think he's a starting outside corner. I think he's much better suited for the slot, that star nickel, whatever you want to call it. Um, but I think, I think he's tremendously talented. Uh, and then the other thing that I'm really excited about that I've been reading is that apparently Marquise Wilson is back at cornerback full time. Um, if you remember last year, he was playing a little wide receiver. Uh, at one point, I think they had moved him to safety a little bit. Um, he's an athletic specimen that I think they were just trying to figure out what the best spot for him is. I think it's at corn. Um, I think we saw as a true freshman, um, he made some plays. He has a same thing and knack for the ball. He's a ball hawk. Um, having him as your primary backup to either side, I think is, is huge. Like that, that to me is like your starter comes out for a breather and you don't lose hardly anything. Um, I think that's huge. I, I actually, I forgot a guy who I think we're overlooking. Who's that? Johnny Dixon. Transfer South yeah. Carolina, I believe. Yeah, I, I think he's being overlooked a little bit because people expected him. Yeah, he transferred in last season, and I think people expected him to come in and be an impact player that season. And he was not. No, no, no shade against Johnny Dixon. He just he didn't get a lot of opportunities. Um, but he's got some buzz coming out of preseason camp. He looks good. I think maybe a year in the system, an extra year to develop. Johnny Dixon's going to get some playing time, man. Uh Coaches are saying good things about him. I, I think you saw him get an interception uh, on, on Twitter and practice uh, like nice. last week. Nice. I think he's a guy who I think it's going to be between Marquise Wilson and Johnny Dixon as your primary rotational backup players. Yeah. And that's not a bad thing to have when you have four guys that can, you know, play the outside with confidence. Um you know, this is a passing league. We talk about it all the time. You need shutdown corners. You need a secondary that can that can take care of business. And I think we have the guys to do it this year. Uh, let's move on to safety, our final position. Um, returning one superstar and uh, opposite side is is kind of open open for business. Um, what are you thinking? What are you expecting to see at safety? Yeah, I mean, obviously we've got the stud, Jair Brown. I'm so excited to see this guy this year. You know, what was it six interceptions last season? I don't know if he'll be able to match that. That's a tough ask, especially when interceptions are, you know, it, they're not like tackles where like you're just there and you make a play. There's a little bit of luck involved in interceptions. Someone has to throw the ball to you, but right. I mean, this, this guy's going to be an absolute stud. Um, if you know, there, there's two guys on this roster who I think could finally break Penn state's, streak of not having defensive backs drafted in the first round and Jair Brown's one. Um, I, you look opposite of him and it, no, it's, um, you're not going to, you're not going to be bringing a lot of experience at, at this position, but there's enough talent that I'm not super afraid of it. You got Keaton Ellis, you know, Makai flowers. I don't know if he's ready to step into that role yet, but he's an athlete. I've been excited for, for a little while. Uh, and Jalen Reed, a couple of years in the program, might be ready to step in there. And I'm, I don't know if he'll be a starter, but I'm very excited for Zaki Wheatley. 
is getting a lot of buzz at another guy who's just been on everyone's lips, you know, this during, during spring semester, summer camp. Did I, he's a guy starter, maybe not, but look for some significant playing time and some plays out of security. He might be the starter, man. He yeah. might be the starter. Uh, he was the takeaway king back-to-back in his spring camp and fall camps. Uh, I hope we're saying his name right. It's a key. I don't know. I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing that. Um, this kid is is a playmaker. Um, you've heard nothing but good things about him, and I, I truly think that other safety spot is open. Like, you're replacing Jaquan Brisker, who was an absolute stud. Um, Jair Brown now becomes that guy, the experience, the, the leader. Um, but I think that other spot is, is really, really open. You know, Keaton Ellis is a guy that in his true freshman year, we saw play corner and we're like, Oh, he's the next big thing at corner. And then they moved him to safety and he's kind of been, kind of been on and off since then. Uh, Jalen Reed had, had some really nice, really nice plays and moments in, in backup duty last year when he came in and, 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 you know, got his opportunities, but there's some buzz around Zaki Wheatley. Like, it would not shock me if Thursday night we come out and we see Jair Brown and Zeki Wheatley lined up as the starters. I would not be shocked even a little bit. I, I certainly wouldn't be upset. I think this kid's got big things in his future. But again, I think this is a pro this is a position rather where you've got four really talented players. Brown, Wheatley, Ellis, Reed. Any combination of them out there, any two, I feel comfortable. I feel good about. Like I don't see a weakness in this group. Yeah. And it makes you feel better that you have the talent being backed up by the talent and experience of Jair. Yeah. Yes, yeah. It, it makes it a lot easier. It makes what makes you so confident about this group is and one thing you've is, got enough athletic studs, you've got enough potential and you've got a sure thing. Yeah. Yeah. And one thing about Jair around is it's so funny. Like I know I'm sure these guys don't pay attention to Twitter as much as we do, but like every single preseason All-America, preseason, you know, NFL draft boards, top safeties in the country, top safeties in the Big Ten, I don't see his name anywhere. What? Everyone is sleeping on this guy. Every single pro football focus, I want to punch him in the face. I I saw them put out a list of like top safeties in the country, and they put out like 15 safeties, and he wasn't on the list. You're telling me this guy's not a top 15 safety in the country. You're drunk. Um, yeah. How I think, many dudes on that list had, had as many interceptions as him last year? Yeah. I, I think you're going to be talking about him as a round one, round two player at the end of this year. So, uh, again, I don't think he's looking at that, but maybe maybe there's a little buzz in his ear and he's got a chip on his shoulder making him play uh, I, I even better. I wouldn't put it past this coaching staff to just kind of, yeah. you know, quietly let him know every once in a while. Hey. Hey, um, so I'm really, really excited about the secondary. You mentioned last year, the interceptions. Uh, we had 21 takeaways total last year, uh, 14 interceptions, seven fumble recoveries. So uh, that was good for 30th in the country. I'd like to build on that even a little bit more, but um, I think this is a secondary that can that can really do some damage. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think this is going to be a defensive style that's focusing more on those takeaways. It's yeah. not looking as much to bend and not break. It's looking to get after the quarterback, Force bad throws, force fumbles, force interceptions. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Manny Diaz, new defensive coordinator, new era of Penn State football on the defensive side. Uh, we're going to learn a lot about him in these first couple of games. So let's wrap up uh, with a breakout player and a bold prediction for the defense. Let's start with the player. Who is your breakout player for the defense? I mean, we just talked about Zaki Wheatley. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. I, nice. I, I may have given too much. We may have given too much away about this guy. But yeah, you talk about turnover king 
in successive camps, has a good chance of being the starter. And is, is at an impact position? Is at a position that is doing the thing that this defense is trying to focus on. They're trying to create turnovers. They want interceptions. And this is your interception. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know if you can call him the interception specialist when Jair Brown is, <laughs> is on the field at the same time, but yep. he has been an interception specialist in camp. And I think that's going to continue. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I'm really, really excited to see him play. Uh, for me, it's another freshman. It's denied Dennis Sutton. Um, which is maybe the easy pick, maybe the safe pick. Um, but I just, I think, I think we're going to see him earn a lot of playing time. I think, uh, we talked about on the offensive side of the ball, how Nick Singleton is a true five-star stud coming in, ready to play at the college level. And, uh, uh, Joan Sider has, has confirmed that he mentioned just yesterday, I think it was, or today, even I saw on Twitter that, um, both freshmen are going to see a lot of playing time right away. Um, which we, we thought was, we thought was going to happen. You mentioned that. And, and he's now confirming that. I think, I think denied Dennis Sutton on the defensive side is that same caliber of player. I think he's the true five-star that is college ready. That just is, is bigger, stronger, faster than you is ready to play with the big boys. And we'll show you that by week four or week five to the point where you can't deny it to the point where you have to play him. You have to give him reps because he is disruptive. Was that a intentional pun right there? What'd I say? You can't deny it. Deny it. <laughs> that was not intentional. All right. Good on me. Good on me. He, he, you dude, cannot he, No deny one comes it. up with merch for him about not being denied. Yes. Yeah, we can't we be need denied. to get on the merch game. We need to get on the merch game. I've been saying that for years. Uh, I'll cut this part out so no one steals it. <laughs> I won't actually. So free merch idea. Uh, um, all right. Let's finish up then with a bold prediction for the defense. What is your bold prediction? Bold prediction for the defense. I think we're going to allow more big plays, but create more turnovers. Okay. Um, I, you know, I said up top at the beginning of the episode, I don't think this defense is going to be as good as it was last season. I think it's almost impossible, but I think it's going to be very good. Uh, I think it's going to do some very good things. You've got aggressive defensive backs. You've got a system that, that wants to create pressure. Manny Diaz wants pressure and i think that's going to lead to a lot of turnovers i do think it's also going to lead to a lot of busted plays Mm. uh when you're creating pressure it has to come from somewhere yeah you know and it comes from guys being in safe spots to make easy plays so and especially in a new system with a new d coordinator with young players with a lot of inexperience there every once in a while someone's going to get caught out of position and Teams are going to exploit that every now and again. I, I think Penn State fans are going to be a little frustrated by the amount of big plays that get given up. But I do think overall this defense is going to use turnovers to not just prevent points, but to create points. And I think it, it is going to be a great defense because of that. Okay. I don't hate that. And I think that's one thing that like you can live with, right? Giving up the big plays here and there you can live with. And over time it becomes more manageable because – the big play that was a 70 yard touchdown becomes a 40 yard something that still turns into a field goal, right? Like you you get better over time at minimizing even the big plays while being aggressive. So I think that's as long as there's more big, good plays than big, bad plays. You have to be happy. Yeah. I like it. That's the goal. Um, 
my bold prediction for this year is that for the first time in a couple of years, I don't have the exact stat on me. Uh, we are going to have 40 plus sacks. Um, there was a time during the Sean Spencer era where 40 a year was the norm. It was, it was just, yep, we're going to get after the quarterback. Coach Chaos, year after year after year, 40-plus sacks, which is a big number. Not many teams do that regularly. Um, last year, we had 27 on a year that I felt like we weren't getting after the quarterback all that much. We had some missed opportunities. We didn't have you know the best pass rushers outside of Epicady. Um 27 is good. I think this year we get to 40 and I think the secondary is going to play a big part in that because I think the secondary is going to be good enough that you're going to have your fair share of coverage sacks that the quarterback just won't have anywhere to go with the ball and will get taken down. Uh, and I think the front four, like I said, I'm a little worried about the linebackers, but that front four of Adisa Isaac, PJ Mustaver, Hakeem Beeman, and whoever is on the other side, um, hopefully denied Dennis Sutton by midseason. I think I think they're going to wreak havoc. I think we get to 40-plus sacks this season. I like that. Um, I think that's reasonable. Again, considering the, the type of defense Manny Diaz wants to run, I think he wants 40-plus sacks. Yeah. I bet he's looking at his room, his his defensive linemen, going, they, 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 we're going for this number. You see how many they used to get? We're getting more. Yep. Yep. And then listen, you sack the quarterback, good things happen. That's how you win football games. Sack the quarterback, take the ball away. That's how you win football games. Absolutely. All right. Well, that wraps it up for our defensive preview. Uh, Thanks for those who are listening. I know we got these out kind of late going into the season, Um, but you've been listening for five years. You should know this. This is my MO. This is how I do things. Uh, Week one, September first thursday night at purdue uh we will have a preview episode out uh sometime early next week uh, last year we did some live previews maybe we'll do some of that this year we haven't fully figured it out but preview coming soon and then obviously live tweet along with us during the game thursday night pat any final words before we head into the regular season oh i can't wait i can't wait can not wait let's go state yeah